my wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for this hour as we are going to share with you during this program some uh, wonderful things, I will say. Uh, we have a segment called World Watch. We are going to bring you a bit of news on that one and uh, maybe uh, some uh, articles talking around what's going on in the world uh, from uh, the spiritual grounds <laughs> and uh, also we we are going to stay for uh, um, the rest of the time with a question which we have prepared for you my dear friend and that's is it wrong to test a prophet now uh, if you listen uh, uh, previous days uh, we are talking under this uh, theme of uh, a history of tomorrow is it possible couple of questions we already asked, uh, like um, history and prophecy. Is prophecy accurate? Archaeology and prophecy. Is there truth in the dust? Does prophecy mention Christ? We already dealt with some of those questions, and if you miss some of these programs, my dear friend, uh, you can go back to listen again if you visit our uh, website faithfm.com.au or uh, if you have our app uh, download it it's even better you go on demand there and uh, yeah you can uh, listen back to some of those programs if you miss out if you don't have the app yet i'm encouraging you to download uh, faith fm australia and uh, you'll be blessed with that uh, app um, the, uh, you can learn on that uh, um, quite a few things uh, which we have in store for you there. I would like to say hello to our um, co-host, <laughs> how should I call it, but I have one with me in the studio here and I'll say hello to Charles Charles um, Makukwana. Is that correct, Charles? Have I said it uh, close enough? <laughs> that, that's, that's quite close enough, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for the welcome. But it's good to have you with us, uh, Charles. Um, and we really appreciate uh, your time with us coming here on Drive Time uh, on Fridays. And uh, Charles um, worships uh, with the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide, South Australia, uh, Prospect International Church, which is not that far from uh, our studio. And uh, if you like to visit uh, Prospect Church, if you are listening from Adelaide, and why not to make your way um, from 9.30? The program starts there and uh, go, you know, for a few hours until 12, 12.30 roughly. And you have also some lunches there. Uh, yes, Nick, we do have some lunches. So after you've received your spiritual food, you can sure be fed oh, as well. Very good. Healthy meals too. Uh, do you know what's the address of the church? Uh, the address of the church is number seven, Ballville Avenue Prospect. If you need, uh, you just can Google Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church in Prospect. Uh, and uh, whatever you are listening uh, in in the country, and maybe even overseas, because I'm going to give a shout out to some people which uh, they may listen right now even from uh, from overseas. But yeah, you can visit um, a Seventh-day Adventist church in your area and you can learn quite a few things what we are talking about uh, here on these uh, programs. 
But I would like to say hello also to uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. He is driving, I believe, at the moment. Maybe he is just pulled over there to be with us. But David, it's good to have you with us. Well, thank you, Nick and Charles. It's wonderful to be with you once again. Well, uh, David, it's uh, quite a busy man, and uh, he's uh, quite a bit on the go. Uh, but uh, we enjoy your uh, time with us, uh, David, as you come along. Hey, I just said um, that I'll give a bit of a shout out to few people, few listeners, uh, and John, if you're listening to us from Mount Gambia, welcome to the program and enjoy this. Uh, this program it was very nice to even uh, chat with you a bit earlier. Another friend of mine, actually from Singapore, if you are listening, Ram, hello from uh, Adelaide and from our team here on Drive Time. And anywhere you're listening from, uh, my dear friend, uh, you can be part of this program. I think you should know by now, if you are uh, a frequent listener you know, to Faith FM, that I'm inviting you to send us a text message with your comments, with your thoughts, maybe a question, even a prayer request. And you can do that by sending us a text message to 048-808-11. Why not to be part of the program today? Or let us know just where you are listening from. Say hello to us. Um, the, we'll be very happy to uh, share with our listeners, uh, if you like, about yourself. Um, if you have a story to to tell us, contact us, and we'll be able to organize that, maybe even to share your story with us on uh, Faith FM. But right now, uh, uh, Charles and David, uh, I would like to uh, move into this um, segment we call it uh, World Watch. And um, we are going to look at a bit of a news, a bit of a disturbing news, I uh, should say. And um, Charles, I probably will come to you first, uh, just to to talk a little bit uh, about this one, because it's an it's about an article which I looked uh, looked at. Um, this happened a um, couple of months ago, actually. It surfaced uh, more more widely, you know. Uh, I remember myself looking at this one, and uh, the title was uh, "Why Did 73 Kenyan Cult Members Starved to Death?" And this is about um, a gentleman, or a minister, a preacher. Uh, he called himself even a prophet, Paul McKenzie. He's been arrested even before a couple of times um, after some suspicion on, you know, some uh, children which were starving to uh, um, to death. Now, um, the police moved in, you know, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's Charles, if I'm not wrong, uh, uh, it's ongoing uh, issue. Yes, uh, it, it's actually still ongoing. I think the bodies are... Uh, by now, they've uh, gone past a hundred mm. that have been found, and it seems like more and more bodies are still being found uh, in and around the compound where Pastor Paul McKenzie mm. was uh, having his uh, ministry, if I should call it that. Yeah, I mean, he he's um, known as, even as a televangelist and uh, yeah he was with this good news international church who indoctrinated his followers asking them to abandon earthly life to meet at his um, 325 uh, hectares uh, a farm in a village 
and uh, they were invited to meet with him there to prepare to meet Jesus. And the reason was to prepare themselves so starving. Um, I don't know uh, what was the reason, even for those people who join in, because to starve to death, you know, I mean, even Jesus himself, when he was on this uh, earth, he was hungry, he ate, he never, uh, I mean, he was fasting for sure. Uh, many times, and we know the the forty days of fasting, a very important thing. In you know, but I, I would like to ask this question now: Why do you think people are even going along these sort of things? Before I'm going into the article a little bit more, I, I think um, everyone would like to know what is going to happen in the future, first mm. and foremost. And, and anyone possibly who claims to know what is going to happen in the future through some prophetic gift is sure to attract a lot of followers because people naturally want to know the truth. Mm. And this, in my view, becomes a magnet for attracting people to whatever words they are saying and the influence they can have if, say, by some chance they're able to predict an event and it comes true, then that becomes a much more attractive uh, proposition that they'll be bringing to the people. So in this case, I think um, the claim to having these prophetic powers is the number one thing that drew people. And uh, the fact also that uh, meeting Jesus is is a great hope for mm. anyone who, who claims to be a Christian. You, you want to meet Jesus, and you're more yeah. likely to listen to someone who is... Preaching the message of meeting Jesus. Yeah, but, you know, it's still for, for me, it's uh, quite um, disturbing, you know, to think that uh, people will bite into uh, some things which doesn't really make sense. You know, um, we look into, into the article just a little bit more. Um, but uh, David, while you're on uh, line with us here now, uh, Charles is also from Africa. And I know that um, we talked just before uh, going on air that in Africa, it's quite, uh, it's quite a spiritual place there. You know, I mean, people are driven by, uh, you know, these sort of things. But how important is to know what is truth? and to follow the right people. Yes, indeed. We have to be very careful about who we follow. We should uh, test everything, in fact, the Apostle Paul writes. And if someone comes along claiming to have claiming to have insights, prophetic gifts, the ability to predict the future, uh, that may or may not be true. But even if they have those gifts, you know, the devil is going to reprimand these. So just because someone has an outward capacity for working even apparent miracles, uh, the question is whether they belong to Christ and therefore whether they are working mm. But at the end of the day, we we individually have to be responsible for our choices. It's no good saying, oh, I'm just following blindly because someone uh, has convinced me that they... Are really some kind of a problem. We've got to make sure that the behaviour we undertake is one which is God honouring, and therefore it's a matter of conscience. It's not so matter. It's not really so much what someone else says, but it's it's how how we understand our own conscience, so that we can we can squarely say before God, yes, we've done the right thing. 
Yeah. Yes, David, um, it's so true, you know. Uh, I'm sorry for the sound here. Yeah, it comes a uh, lots of uh, background noise from there, uh, David. Uh, but yeah, sorry, uh, dear friends listening uh, today that, yeah, that was not coming very clear. Um, but, this guy, uh, who claimed to be a prophet, Mackenzie, who often he claimed that he has uh, prophetic uh, powers and he has uh, seen apparitions of Jesus, uh, said that uh, he got revelation to do so. I mean, to invite people to his property to prepare for um, this um, meeting with Jesus in, in, in fasting in that way of starvation. And he was advising people to give to give out on, on many things, you know, on, on life in particular, you know. They were invited to, um, even their children, you know, not to be, to go to school. Uh, they were invited to renounce to all their identity, the documents which were given by the government. It says here in the article that uh, whatever was earthly, uh, they should uh, leave behind to prepare for uh, meeting for Jesus, uh, with Jesus for a new life. How do you take that, uh, Charles? I think we need, we always need to, to go to, to the Word of God itself because uh, looking at um, Pastor Mackenzie, uh, the, the claim that he's got prophetic powers and it's a claim that many false prophets have used in the past and they always claim that they're seeing Jesus and it's only them who is able to see Jesus. And yet the Bible itself asks us to search the Scriptures for ourselves. Mm. We, we are not limited to just to what someone in front of us is saying, but we can search the scriptures for ourselves. And the fact that he, he was telling people to, to quit their jobs, uh, to quit school, to not seek medical attention, um, to not even mingle with people at, in the outside world, is is a big thing. I mean, that's what, that attracted my attention when he says uh, here that they were not to mingle with anyone from outside world if they wanted to go to heaven and uh, they were to destroy all documents uh, given by the governments. I mean, that should uh, be a very big red lights there going on. Yeah, and, and because Jesus himself said, I pray that you keep them while we are in the world. God is to sustain us while we are mingling with the world. Mm. But we are not part of the world because we are sent into the world as a light that is sent into the world or as a salt that is supposed to season the world with the truth. So if we are out of the world, just as uh, this uh, pastor is claiming that don't mix with anyone, how then are we to send the good news of salvation to the rest of the world if we are not mixing. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, uh, Nick, that's a big red flag. Christ never said we should live as if we are already out of the world. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be in the world to mix with those people because he himself left us the example of mixing with the world. If you remember, he called down uh, Zacchaeus from the tree and said, I want to eat at your house tonight. Yes, that's right, that's right. Let's see if uh, David is still with us, and uh, maybe the sound will be a bit better. But um, David, uh, you are working, uh, in particular, you are focusing on uh, families. And in this uh, case, also, there are lots of families involved with uh, their children, you know, wives, husbands, and um 
what's your take on this one when somebody will come and say, hey, uh, you need to renounce on anything? It's incredible that parents would be so foolish as to uh, take action that would damage themselves and their children. And it's bad enough if you take action that's against your own integrity, but to drag children into the process is very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, Jesus spoke about those who would lead little ones into sin, uh, which I think really means error, not just moral sin. And those children, of course, have been trusted to the parents. And so anyone that comes along and says, I will tell you how you should be raising your children and you listen to me, uh, is defying the pattern of creation where, where, where children, children have been gifted to parents and mm. it's up to mothers and fathers to raise them in the right way to become uh, deluded with power. Uh, and people who have sometimes what may seem to be charismatic abilities, they can maybe do signs and wonders or uh, they may make a prophecy and, and anyone can and make a prediction mm. and you know the stock market will always go up next week or will always go down next week and uh, if you if you have enough uh, people you can divide the group gradually into those who have received one correct prediction after another just just by the law of averages uh, and that means that you can you can convince people you know what you're talking about Yes, and I'm reminded just this week, um, and I've been sharing with uh, with school students about this. It's the it's the anniversary of the martyrdom of uh, of Thomas More mm. and also Jan Hus, and they both had to stand up to tyrannical leadership. Uh, and the example of uh, Thomas More, he had to stand up to King Henry VIII, who mm-hmm. was really deluded with power, marrying one wife after another, beheading two of them. <laughs> annulling the marriage of two of them uh, because he was so desperate for his son and uh, making himself the head of the church in big years. So Thomas yes. More had to speak up and not just say, oh, that's fine, I'll, I'll go with whatever you say, you're the king. And, of course, he lost his head in the process. And on the same day, which was yesterday, it's the anniversary of the master, not only Thomas More, but also of Jan Hus, Mm. Uh, from Bohemia, which is modern day uh, Czechoslovakia. And he also had to stand up to tyranny. And unfortunately, he paid the ultimate price of burned at the stake. So uh, it, it's a costly thing sometimes to mm. stand up for the truth. Much easier to go with the flow and just go along quietly. But sometimes they can have dire consequences. That's so true, David, yes. And uh, thank you for mentioning, you know, this uh, yeah, anniversary here. And it's always good to remember about those great uh, men who stood for uh, God, for the truth. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, stood with their lives, you know, to oppose the the um, wrong teachings, you know, the errors. And uh, here we have a classic example right uh, now. And there are quite a few other things you know, in, in, even in our time, but in history, when uh, people are just going along with some uh, radical uh, people, you know, teaching things uh, from their own uh, perspective. And I think that's uh, yeah, very wrong. Uh, God is uh, inviting us to know the truth and the truth will set us free and that's a wonderful thing you know to learn from the word of god what's god 
God's plan with us, not uh, how people uh, will teach us and uh, will use all sorts of uh, maneuvers, you know, to manipulate uh, people today. It's, it's sad to hear that so many people lost their lives. And as Charles just mentioned here, as uh, I start with the article uh, 73 people, but uh, it's over a hundred now um, found uh, Losing their lives, yeah. But yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you, David. I may uh, let you go because you are still on the go. But uh, thank you for being part of this program with us uh, today. May God bless you and continue to stand um, tall for the truth. Thank you so much, Nick. Charles, coming uh, to you, but just before uh, we moving on into our um, discussion, I just want to put a, a quick uh, plug here for some of our uh, sponsors, you know, and supporters to uh, this program. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And uh, my dear friend, you listening today, you are... Uh, part of this uh, ministry. We're doing this because of you, because you are listening, you're sending us messages and continue to send uh, messages. Now, I'm going to come to you uh, right now with um, an offer which we have uh, prepared for you for today. And you know by now that you need to send us a text message with a code, which are go- I'm going to give it to you in a moment. Um, the number it's zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. This is a wonderful book, uh, the history of tomorrow by Julian Archer. Julian Archer, uh, uh, I had the privilege to interview him on another program. He was uh, quite a successful businessman, and uh, here in Australia. And he come to the realization that um, he needs to to know God. Success is not everything in life. And he wrote this wonderful book, The History of Tomorrow. If you like this book, my dear friend, you just need to send us a text message with the code SA125. Again, the code is SA125. Uh, just a little bit of this uh, book, um, Elite Forces of International Diplomats Crisscross Our Globe. They frantically negotiate to try and def- deflect blazing sparks away from fuel-drenched religio-political conflicts. Julian, it's uh, taking you on the journey to um, show what's happening today and what's in store for us, even tomorrow. From a prophetic point of view, I think it will be really good to look at this uh, book because the Bible speaks quite a bit about uh, what uh, it's in store through the prophecy. And we are going to talk a little bit more about this. Please send us a text message to zero four. Triple eight eight zero eight double one, and the code is SA one two five. Charles, I'm going to uh, really take a, a, a break here, play a song, and we'll come back and we'll continue with our program. And the question which we want to ask today is: Is it wrong to test a prophet? And uh, I'm uh, waiting for your uh, messages coming through, my dear friend. Let us know what you think. Should we go along with uh, everything what we hear um, in media or uh, from the pulpit? Let us know. Send us a text message to the same number, 04 But right now, a song 
by um, Randy Travis, and this is about uh, Jerusalem Cry.
Welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and uh, our co-host today here in the studio is uh, Charles Makukwana. And uh, we are looking at the question today, is it wrong to test a profit? And uh, if you have a, a, a thought uh, in regard to this, please send us a text message to 048880811. One. Now, Charles, uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about that article about um, some disturbing news going on in Kenya with uh, somebody who pretends to be a prophet, um, asking people to sacrifice their lives, you know, to starve to death, uh, to in order to meet Jesus. And we had uh, with us uh, over the phone David Lima, also from Family Voice Australia, sharing a few things in, in uh, this regard. But uh, what I would like now, uh, if we can, in the next um, uh, period of time, you know, roughly half an hour we may have left here, uh, I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. And probably I will start with this, uh, Charles. Um, uh, are true and false prophets still around today. Now, we just learned a bit earlier that some people claim, but what's your perspective? What what do you think? Uh, you know, prophecy has been a gift that God has given to, to his people since the very beginning of time, right? Mm. In the book of Genesis, we know there is the, the amazing prophecy of the seed of the woman crushing the head of the snake. That was the very first time we hear of prophets, and this was God himself predicting what was to come to pass in the future and and this gift has continued on through the ages and a famous prophecy is the prophecy of christ himself in the book of isaiah his birth is coming he's suffering and what he was going to do for 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 people and not just Israelites, but the whole human race, saving them from sin. So are true prophets and false prophets still around today? I believe they are. Otherwise, God himself uh, would would not be truthful because he said, I will speak to my people through prophets. And and us, even as a church, as Seventh-day Adventist church, we, we believe in prophets uh, and we do have inspiration from one of our prophets, uh, Sister Ellen G. White, and prophets are real, but with true prophets, there are false prophets as well. Mm. So there is always that side of the coin. And it's important to know that because you cannot take everything, you know, for uh, granted, you know, uh, just what you hear there. Now, prophecy, as you mentioned, it's a very important thing because God revealed himself to us. Actually, uh, I learned this, that there are five ways in which God revealed himself to us as uh, humans on this planet Earth. And those five, just quickly, if I could mention, is uh, one is through nature. God revealed himself even through nature. You look around, you see the amazing creation of God. And and how orderly nature is. If if you look at the at the wonders in nature, the complexity even of the simplest cell, mm. it tells you that someone must have made this. Yes. And then another one, it's God revealed himself through its, his word, through the Bible. You know, uh, that's what we, we look at the Bible when we, um, 
look at these topics. You know, we don't just uh, uh, talk from our own uh, imagination or understanding. You know, we want to base whatever we say on the Bible. God revealed Himself through the Word. Absolutely, Nick. Even even the governments of the world use the the words of the Bible. Believe it or not. Mm. Do not kill. Mm. No government tolerates people who go around murdering people. Yes. Do not steal. Governments are against those who steal. Absolutely so right. So this is all from God's word. And yes. God reveals himself uh, through his word. I agree, Nick. Yes. And then God revealed himself through the prophets. You know, in the Old Testament in particular, we had uh, lots of uh, prophets when uh, God spoke through them, you know, what to tell to the people, you know. Um, and... Uh, the spirit of prophecy is still relevant today. Uh, that's what is very important to identify uh, a prophet. Uh, that's what our question is uh, here today. Is it wrong to test a prophet? Um, and another thing is that God revealed himself through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus came uh, in a human form. Uh, he was here uh, for a number of years on this planet Earth. And we can learn from Jesus. But what I like to mention uh, uh, after, um, about these five things we, through which God revealed himself is that the fifth one, it's very important today, I believe. God revealed himself through our relationships, you know, our connection with each other, you know, as Christian or believers in God, if you like. We need to, we need to show that. Thing, you know, to the world, you know, we, we, I heard about this uh, phrase that we are a living testimony to the world. Absolutely, Nick. And, you know, a, a changed life is the greatest sign that God exists. Mm. Because if you, if you were living a life of sin and now you are changed to be this amazing person who cares for others, who looks out for others, who has compassion on others, that's a sure sign that the God of heaven exists and that soul, which is now living a changed life, is walking with Christ and he exists. So, well, okay. Now, let's look a little bit uh, further. I'm not sure if you, if you want to, um, do you have anything to add on that uh, aspect of uh, the true and false prophets if they are uh, around today? Because I'm going to move to another um, uh, question here. Um, is every believer authorized to test a prophet or it's only for those in um, authority? You know, uh, well, what's your take on this one? Uh, you know, the Bible says in uh, in Matthew twenty four twenty four that uh, false Christ and false prophets shall arise and perform great signs and wonders. Mm. And they'll be leading so many astray. And um, if possible, even the very elect will be led astray. Mm. But the question is, are we authorized to test prophets is it wrong or it's just for those in authority again when we go to the word of god it it pretty much gives every believer the authority because first of all it actually says hold fast to what is good but before you do that test the spirits mm. you need to test the spirits and the standard of testing these spirits is the word of god right well that's a very important point, uh, Charles, because um, sometimes we can uh, very easily just uh, rely on, uh, on let's say, leaders uh, in the church. Like in this case, we talked a bit earlier with uh, this uh, televangelist. Uh, people just say, oh, he's a uh, authority or he, he 
even can perform sometimes because even the devil, you know, he will <laughs> he will authorize or help people to perform miracles. Actually, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, "Mafia or not, because the Satan himself is transformed into an angel of mm. light." So, if Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light, he can empower his followers to perform certain miracles and signs mm-hmm. because he has that power. But the ultimate test should be from the word of God itself. What does God say? All right. Now, are you able, uh, Charles, to share with us maybe some of those uh, biblical passages uh, uh, to to understand, to see ways in which we can really test a prophet, a true prophet or a false prophet? I think uh, one of the one of the ways we can test is is to check if the words of these prophets actually line up with what God says, mm. because we we need to see if these prophets whatever they are saying lines up with what God says. We can just go to to the book of First John, chapter four, verses one to three, and I'll, I'll quickly read it for you here, and it says. Um, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. Mm. You are of God, little children, and have overcome the world, because greater is he that is in you that than, they, than he that is in the world. So the first test is the spirit, whatever prophet it is, has to believe that Christ has come in the flesh mm. for the salvation mm. of mankind. Mm. Good advice. Very good advice uh, there for each one of us. Now, um, if I could go a bit further um, into this, uh, do their words line up with the Bible? Let's look at this uh, (laughs) question. You know, and this is the biggest thing, Nick, because... If if a prophet is true, their words have to align with what God says. Because we know that God himself, he says, I do not change. I'm the same to yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. So if God does not change, we can then not have a spokesperson who claims to be standing for God, saying something that is contrary to what God says. And I'll give you an example. God has given us the Ten Commandments. And he says, I do not change. And yet there are prophets and preachers who say, no, the commandments are done away with. Mm. So that in itself should tell us that something is wrong because they are moving away and misaligning with what scripture says. So any true prophet has to align with what scripture says. And if we go even to the Bible, no prophet contradicted the previous prophet before them. Mm, mm. They were all in agreement according to what God has said. Now, can I ask you another question here? Can the Bible be misinterpreted? Uh, can some people come and use the Bible uh, 
uh, Satan himself came before Jesus and uh, tried to use the the Bible to tempt Jesus. Because I'm thinking again of this uh, gentleman, Mackenzie, uh, who was coming and, uh, you know, convincing these people to renounce of any earthly things. Now, the Bible says, actually, that if you want to follow God, we need to uh, renounce to earthly things. In which way? Can the Bible be misinterpreted sometime? Or should we look in the context of the, you know, the teaching of the Bible, not take out of context and make out of it uh, something like, in this case, a radical teaching? Uh, certainly, Nick, uh, a lot of uh, passages in scriptures um, are taken out of context mm-hmm. and not just taken out of context, but misinterpreted to suit one's agenda and, and whatever means they want to, to accomplish. Even if you look at um, what they were saying, we, we've got people uh, in the Bible like Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul himself was was very educated. Mm-hmm. He was a, a Pharisee. Lawyer, a yeah. Pharisee. <laughs> One of the most highly educated people. Yes. And yet he was still an amazing preacher of the word of God and of salvation. Mm-hmm. So God never says we should forsake certain things. But we need to have them in balance, if mm. I should uh, use those words. Uh, another example, we know that in the commandments of God, we are, we are asked to, to um, uh, obey our parents, for example. Mm-hmm. And we're even asked to take care of our families because it is, a, it is a sign of faith if we can take care of our families and then everyone else. So how do we do that if we forsake and leave everything? Yes. It becomes quite an impossible task. So God wants us to still live in the world, but still do the things that align with his word. Interesting that you raise that uh, aspect because uh, back I'm looking back in the times of Jesus and the disciples. You know, The disciples said, hey, Jesus, we... Uh, we left everything behind for you. What's in store for us, you know, <laughs> to put it in this way? And Jesus um, explaining, because indeed they left behind, you know, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Peter and uh, his brother, you know, and uh, John and James, and they left uh, even their father with the business, you know, uh, they were fishermen, and uh, maybe they left behind their family. Uh, but, it's interesting that if we read in the Bible carefully, we understand that they didn't abandon the family. They were prioritizing some things, but they were still, Jesus spoke about uh, their connection with the family. For, for an instance, I mean, goes to heal the, the uh, mother-in-law of Peter. Well, it's a seek ye first <laughs> the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. And this is, these are the principles of heaven, Nick, where God is not asking us to abandon everything, mm. but is asking us to seek first the kingdom of God. To, to prioritize. To pri- prioritize mm. Him first before everything else because God knows we've got families. God knows we've got responsibilities and and many other things that we need to do. But what's the number one thing that as a Christian we should focus on? It is salvation and preaching of the word. That's that's where our main focus should be. Even though we've got all these other responsibilities which God knows about. Because even Christ himself said, do not worry about what you will eat. Because your Father in heaven 
knows that you need those things. Mm. So whatever station in life you are in, God knows what you need. Yeah. Do not abandon. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we are talking today about um, uh, prophecy and uh, how that uh, affects even our life as a, as a Christian. Um, and I believe prophecy plays a very important role in every single uh, Christian life. And we need to understand some of those uh, prophecies because the prophecy actually is to to foretell. You know what's going to happen. And Jesus himself yes. said that, you know, I'm telling you these things and when you'll see the fulfillment, you'll uh, believe what I told you was uh, true. Now, the prophecy. Now, uh, uh, let me let me ask this one um, in, in terms of proclamation about, uh, you know, uh, the prophecy. I mean, um, are the future prophecies going to come true or uh, wh- how should we take a prophetic uh, message, Charles. So, w- with any any prophecy, the, the Bible is always our guide. And if we go back, uh, even in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, in chapter eighteen, it, it it says to us, if a if a a person or a so called prophet presumes to speak in my name, mm-hmm. and those things do not come to pass, do not be afraid of them. Right. So the one of the tests is that whatever they speak about should come to pass. Mm-hmm. That's a mark of prophecy. And they have to say it before it actually happens. And it shouldn't be when you when we look at biblical prophecy it's it's not about uh, as uh, I think uh, David said before predicting if the stock market is going to rise or fall because that mm-hmm. can be done on mathematical probability. Mm-hmm. But the the prophecy should be something that is supernatural out of the ordinary that right. no human can possibly calculate or know. And then when it comes to pass, just as the Bible says, then you can believe in that prophet. And Moses himself said, there shall be another prophet who will be like me when he comes, listen to the words that he's going to say because he will also bring people to the true worship of God. So any prophecy, really, when it comes to pass, it's about us being more grounded in our belief of what God actually says. Mm. Wow. wow, wonderful. Hey, time is going very quick uh, today. My dear friend listening uh, today, if you have a thought, uh, maybe a question in regard to this, please send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Also, we are very happy to give you a book today, a wonderful book uh, called The History of Tomorrow by Julian Archer. Julian was a very successful businessman, but he chose to concentrate and to focus more on the kingdom of God uh, than the riches of uh, this uh, earth. And in his book, uh, you can read about the history of tomorrow, which reveals uh, at least 2,600 years through the eyes of the kings, prophets, popes, presidents. Um, get this book, my dear friend. Send us a text message with the code SA125. To the number zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Charles, few more questions here if we could um, uh, tackle uh, today. Now we are talking about the prophets, how we should uh, uh, test them, and to how to look at what they are prophesizing, all those things. Uh, uh, also, is is it important that the life 
of a prophet also um, shows some credibility, like because <laughs> in the Bible says that through their fruits you'll know uh, them. Absolutely, Nick. Uh, because the Bible has already given us a lot of warnings that there are going to be sheep, uh, wolves that come mm. in sheep's clothing. So the character of anyone who claims to be a prophet should meet the standards of God's word. Mm. The way they live, the way they speak, the way they intermingle with other people, the relationships that they have, it should all be in alignment. In other words, they should have a godly character. And Christ himself is, is our example. Uh, he grew up in stature and in favor with mm-hmm. men. Yes. So he was beloved of men. And he was beloved of God. So any true prophet has to have the fruits. And we know the fruits that, um, that God looks, looks for in, in anyone. No, not just prophets, but also the, the Christian who, who believes. And we, if we read in the book of Galatians chapter five, we know the fruits of the spirit. Right. Those fruits of the spirit define the character of a Christian, define the character of a prophet. So by their fruits, you shall know them. And if you go out into the world now, there are so-called uh, prophets who, who live in luxurious mansions mm. and yet their congregants are not having enough to eat. There are priests, uh, priests and prophets these days who wear expensive clothes. Mm-hmm. And yet in their congregation, there are people who do not have clothes to wear. So that alone should tell you that Something is definitely wrong because the fruits are not corresponding to what they are saying. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, it's very hard to look at the heart of people, you know, uh, in terms of their character. But, uh, you know, when you see... uh, through their fruits, you'll know them. God says that you, you have to watch to see what's the um, outcome of, uh, you know, there is a word in my language, you know, uh, translating a bit in English will say that some people uh, may preach water, but they drink wine. <laughs> you know, that may, we, we need to open our eyes, not just listen to what people say. Let's look at what they are doing is the actions that will tell us exactly what they stand for and the bible gives us the standards of character that we should look for Mm. so in testing these prophets we always need to go to the word of god and say what does the word of god say Yes, yes. And I believe a couple of things will be very important maybe to to wrap it up as we are closing here, uh, Charles, today. Uh, first of all, God promised that he will reveal himself to his uh, servants, to the prophets. Yes. Okay. Now, um, that means that uh, their message, you know, the prophet, uh, the, the message of a prophet will inspire also uh, a godly character, a change in our lives, because we are all sinners, we are in need of a savior, and God uses this means, as I mentioned a, a little bit earlier, one of the fifth uh, ways of God revealing himself to us, uh, sinful people, uh, and, and is to have a, a connection, a relationship. And that's the biggest thing, Nick, that the word of God should inspire a godly change. I just want to quickly read here in the book of Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 10. It says, because even because they have seduced my people saying peace and there was no peace and one built 
up a wall and law others dubbed it with untempered mortar. Mm. So mm. there has to be a change that in the happens yes. in the life of those who hear the word, in the lives of those that are preaching the word, in the lives that the, of those that are claiming to prophesy about God. There has to be a godly change. There has to be a turning away from sin. Because the the message of God is a message of transformation. Mm-hmm. It's not a message of conforming. God wants us to be transformed from a life of sin to a life of godly living. Yes, yes. So message should should change the character. Okay. Now, uh, probably this will be the last question I may ask today because we'll have more time. But um, does the message, you know, which comes from God, uh, we always uh, want to to believe that uh, can be mixed uh, like truth and lies uh, what <laughs> what do you say there because i'm looking again to this uh, person who we were talking about today uh, yes. paul mckenzie you know i think he said few things there which will be quite easily to identify as some sort of lies yeah uh, but when a message comes from god is that room for anything else but truth uh a lot of people would like to hear things that are sweet sounding. Mm. Things that say, continue with the life that you are living. Do not change. And and these false prophets do mix a lot of heresies mm. and, and mistruths because they, sometimes people are afraid of losing their followers. So they just say what people want to hear. And this is what draws so many crowds. So truth definitely can be mixed with lies. The devil himself counterfeited the truth. Mm-hmm. In the very first passages of the word of God, he said, did God said you shall not die? Yes. Yes. That was a mixture of truth and error. Mm-hmm. So the, the, his servants today are also mixing truth and error. So it does happen, but we definitely have to Go to the word of God, test every spirit, hold on to what is good. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Charles, uh, can I ask you to maybe just say a word of prayer? Because we are dealing with some uh, very important things here that maybe somebody will uh, will um, appreciate a word of prayer to have clarity in our uh, mind and understanding when we look at the uh, you know, prophecy of the Bible and uh, maybe coming across those people who may say things which would not be necessarily from uh, from God. Would you like to pray for us? Yeah, um, let's pray for, for those who are seeking for the truth and, and our listeners today. Um, let's bring our hearts to God. Let's pray. Our kind and heavenly Father, we want to thank you this afternoon, Lord, for, for the wonderful words of life that you have revealed to us in, uh, in, in the Holy Word, the Bible. Lord, you know, in, in these last days that we are living, there are false prophets, there are false teachers, there are, there are false preachers that are in the world, Lord, who are deceiving. But Lord, as we seek to know the truth, open to us, open to our minds as we open your word. Give us your spirit so that we can understand the words that are written therein, even have that yes. courage to to walk in the Plain, thus saith the Lord that is revealed to us, because you have made your word to be even understood by children. So, Lord, as we read your word and as uh, your people seek after the truth, Lord, I pray that each one, each one, and each and every one of them, Lord, touch them in their hearts, open them, and give them your spirit, reveal the truth, 
give them that uh, word that changes the character, that changes and, re- and enriches the mind because your word is a lamp unto our feet. Amen. So Lord, let that word light up the path out of darkness so that as we walk and seek after this truth, it may be brighter and brighter and bring us to that glorious knowledge of the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Thank you, Lord, for I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my dear friend, listening today. Uh, please join us again next time when we are going to look at uh, what are the keys to Bible prophecy. Until then, may God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.